Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I'm Dan Scogan, your host for the Ag Innovation News Podcast, and guests on this program shed light on innovations in value-added agriculture, highlight important voices and work that's being done throughout the state of Minnesota and the ag sector, and educate the public about resources and organizations that support Minnesota agriculture. This fall, a field day was held near Monticello, Minnesota, to review the results of a collaboration between AURI, the Minnesota Department of Transportation, and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture using hemp on soil erosion prevention mats. Joining us in our discussion today on this project, we're going to learn what Kenneth Gravy from the Minnesota Department of Transportation and Harold Stanislawski from AURI learned during that field day. So, Kenneth, I'm going to welcome you to the podcast today, and let's just start with you, your bio, and a little background on your path to the Department of Transportation. Thanks, Dan. Started out in ecological restoration, conservation, a lot of prairie restorations, wetlands and woodlands, some for nonprofits like the Nature Conservancy, and then I had a couple jobs working at for-profit companies in addition to the restoration that started to include some native seed production and some erosion control work and background collectively ended up being a really good fit for my work here at MnDOT, which involves standards on seed, seeding, vegetation management, erosion control, and the work with those industries. And Harold, how about you? A little more about your background and your role at AURI. Good morning, everyone, and thank you. I started out my career with the University of Minnesota Extension Service quite a few years ago where I did outreach work and extension in agriculture in Roseau County and then later on in Ottertail County here in Lakes Country. And after that, I spent a number of years with the Minnesota Department of Agriculture doing business advising work in animal agriculture, followed that by becoming an executive director of economic development, working on lots of value-added projects in that area, and then really came back to agriculture again through the AURI, working on something that I just really am passionate about, and that's value-added agriculture and creating infrastructure and, and new sources of wealth for the state. It's been an enjoyable journey. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to this conversation today because I think it's going to shed some light on where we've been and where we might be able to go in the hemp industry and how it might affect the Department of Transportation, the Department of Agriculture. Harold, as I mentioned in my intro, this fall, a field day was held on the Minnesota Road Research Facility near Monticello. Part of that day was sharing information on incorporating hemp into erosion prevention materials. And while I'd like to take a pretty deep dive into that whole project, let's just start with an overview of the project and the field day itself. What was the day like? It was a fantastic day. First off, I have to say, during my career, I've, I've never really had an opportunity to work with the MnDOT staff before. It, it's kind of odd, but it's, it's true. So I've gotten to know the folks and gotten to know a lot more about erosion control from their perspective. And it was really brought to light once we started this project and put the prototypes in the ditch banks and in the areas where we're targeting erosion control and just learning what they need in terms of water retention, the holding capacity of, of the blanket to prevent erosion from getting into the waterways and so forth. And I have to say, it was just an outstanding field day because the way they put these prototypes into the trials, it was really outstanding. And certainly we had a lot of people from many other states at the field day. We had a good explanation from the MnDOT staff on how they did it. 
We at AURI, of course, talked about our role in this, looking at it from the farmer perspective, moving it up into processing, getting the materials the way they need to be so they can be weaved into a mat or a hydro mulch or a log that eventually becomes suitable for a product specification that MnDOT will ultimately decide on. So with that, very, very successful. And I think the people walked away. In fact, I know this for a fact because they told me that they were glad they came and they learned something that day. And they're very anxious to see how it ultimately shakes out when we complete the project. In all fairness, we should talk a little bit about what prototypes were created. What were we actually helping MnDOT and the Department of Ag create? What product was created? I think the main one is just the erosion control blankets. We understand from, from MnDOT that there's a need for about one and a half million square yards per year of erosion control blankets. So we had different blankets installed at the site that had different characteristics, fiber and, and, and so forth and length of fiber. Then there's the sediment control logs that there's also a, a market for to the tune of about 440 linear feet per year. And then just understanding that there's about a $30 million spent each year on erosion control products on local and, and state roads. And some of these products are also hydro mulch that simply is sprayed on the banks and applied that way. So those were things that are being evaluated and looked at. And MnDOT's pretty tough on this. They, they look at it pretty seriously. They evaluate it very critically. So when they write a spec, they want to be sure that it's going to perform for the purpose intended. And then there's also other things that need to be looked at, such as the ease of application of putting these products on in the first place. You get a roll, do they stick? Is it going to be a problem in some way with the application that a installer would say, gee, this is just too much work to put it on? Are there things that we could improve? And that's what we're learning on in this process. Ken, maybe you can tell us more about how the project came together and how MnDOT, MDA, and AURI each played a role in this particular project. We've been working for about 10 years, working to phase out plastic in our temporary erosion and sediment control products. All of our erosion control blanket used to have plastic netting, and it was a wildlife entanglement problem, and also it would break down and create add to the microplastics problem. There are plastic fibers in some of our hydromulches, little plastic reinforcing fibers, and our sediment control logs and silt fence, of course, our wrap. They have that plastic geotextile fabric, all of which has to be removed at the end of a project. And if it isn't, or if it isn't all removed, just contributes to more of the plastic pollution problem. So we've been working to phase them out. It's been driven a lot by our DNR liaison at the time, Peter Leet, and our own wildlife ecologist, Chris Smith, and by our maintenance staff, really, who are annoyed with that stuff being left out there for them to encounter as they do their work. And as we worked on phasing out plastic and the more we talked about it, the conversation always led to seeking natural materials. We knew there was a growing interest in hemp. We figured it was possible to use hemp and other natural materials to create some of these same products, but the erosion control industry didn't really seem to be moving very quickly, and it seemed like we needed to do some of our own R&D if they weren't going to, just to try to get things started. I had been working at the time and previously with Tony Cordelet at Department of Ag with Noxious Weeds, and I knew that he was involved in the hemp permitting program at MDA, and so I started talking to him about it. Tony connected us with Harold and Riley and others at AURI, and upon talking to AURI, we really realized that we could complement each other quite well. So you guys were looking for uses for hemp, the types of products we wanted to use hemp for. It turns out 
could use low-grade hemp is the right term, but hemp fibers that just hadn't undergone lots of processing. Didn't have to be fine enough for fabric, for clothing, or things like that. It could be relatively rough. And you guys told me it made for kind of a good entry-level product for a new hemp processing industry. And then you at AORI, you also had experience with handling the ENRTF funds that funded this and connections with growers and processors. And in exchange, we could offer our expertise on the products we were looking for and facilitate connections with the erosion control industry. So in many ways, it was a really good match. Really fortuitous that Tony at, at Department of Ag was able to connect us up. And Harold, I know AURI internally was pretty excited about this collaboration because they're not real typical, but we do like it when we get a project that incorporates some of the state agencies. Were all the participants looking for different outcomes or was it kind of single focus? I think maybe a little bit of different outcomes from the standpoint of who our clients are. But from our standpoint here at AURI, one of the things we're looking, of course, is the value-added chain from farmer to the processor to the end user. That's very important to us that that works. Another important outcome for us is we want it to be sustainable. We want it to be economical, and we want the product to have full utility. So when we're working with MnDOT and when they say something like a protocol and a specification, that's music to our ears in value-added science because we want a product that will perform at the end of the day. And as we move forward, we look at processing concerns. So as an end user such as MnDOT tells us, listen, we'd like you to get more herd out of the mat because it becomes a floating particle or it's harder to unroll the mat. We listen. We can do those kinds of things and get those aspects out of, say, an erosion control mat at the processing center, even before we would send it to a manufacturer to actually have the mat made. So for our outcomes, we're really looking at objective criticism of the product that we have. We can go back into the laboratories and back into the processing folks that are making the bulk material for the mats, and there's a good chance we can correct it. The other thing, and I think Ken said it very well, is we do have products that are lower end that don't always make certain other specs, but they may find their way, for instance, into hydromulch. And again, we want to understand that. So nothing gets wasted in the value chain from a farm to processor to end user. As this project was developed and vetted, you and Riley turned to hemp. Was that an intentional thing? Oh, it was very intentional. When the 2018 Farm Bill got passed and, and hemp became a legal crop to grow in the United States, it is our duty and obligation and our mission at AURI to start looking into this immediately because it's an approved USDA crop. It'll start at a niche level and then gets into a specialty crop level at a certain time. And once specifications are done and once the market and end users understand that, hey, we have avenues for this and it becomes economical and sustainable, then we have a new commodity crop in the state of Minnesota. So, yep, we were engaged right from the start. And like I say, working with the Minnesota Department of Agriculture was fantastic because they have a lot to say about regulatory issues with hemp. And then finding a partner such as MnDOT is just the perfect combination to get some footing for this industry so that it can develop into all of the other things that it can bring to the table. 
Well, I do want to dive a little deeper in how this project was funded, what we learned, what the next steps might be. But I want to remind our listeners, first of all, that you're listening to the Ag Innovation News podcast presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. Today, we're having a discussion about the collaboration between AURI, MnDOT, and the MDA on the use of hemp on soil erosion prevention mats and a field day that was held this fall near Monticello. We're discussing that field day with Ken Gravy from MnDOT and Harold Stanislawski from AURI. So, Ken, I'm going to come back to you just real quickly. How is this project funded? Funds are from the Environment and Natural Resource Trust Fund, $200,000. That's recommended by the Legislative Citizen Commission on Minnesota Resources, LCCMR. That $200,000 funding that started July 2021. Is it typical that these types of projects get funded by the LCCMR? I'm pretty sure they've funded a handful of projects aimed at hemp. Definitely projects related to plastic and microplastic pollution. And of course, they've funded plenty of projects related to water quality. I think this was a pretty unusual combination of these issues, and that might be in part why I got their attention. I've I've been told that this was the top-rated project proposal for that year. Yeah, the legislature and the committee got pretty excited about the possibility of using hemp in this way, and as you mentioned earlier, taking some plastics out of the process. Harold, how hard was it? How hard was it to take hemp, turn it into erosion control mats and rolls and these kinds of products? It's a learning curve for sure, because hemp by its nature is 70% herd and 30% fiber, and they need to be separated. So you have to understand the separating technology. You have to get it broken apart, and it has to be cleaned to a certain extent so that when it gets into the making of a mat or a hydromulch or log, that it'll actually do the job. Saying it's easy would, would be an understatement for sure. It requires due diligence and knowing how to go about the separation process. And at AURI, as you well know, Dan, we have a hemp decorticator. So this comes in handy as we take varieties that are currently on the marketplace with hemp and we run them through the process of separating the herd from the fiber and then understanding the length and the tensile strength and other factors that we eventually will get to ASTM standard tests on is going to be important. And also, I just I need to mention that in order to move this thing forward, this has to be economical for the farmer, and it has to compete with existing crops that are out there, uh, mostly corn and soybeans. We at AURI, we know those numbers. We're keeping them in the back of our mind. So as we sell fiber or we sell the seed and then process the fiber in the case of dual purpose, we're trying to get to that net return per farmer that's similar to corn and soybeans. Because when we hit that number, we have a eureka moment. We now have a crop that truly can become part of the the ecosystem of Minnesota from an economical standpoint. Well, kind of a loaded question here for both of you, but I'm going to start with, was it successful? And maybe Harold, we'll start with you. Was this project successful in your mind? In my mind, absolutely, because we've already learned a lot. The tests that are out there near Monticello is a testimony to that. Do we have all the answers yet? Do we have everything figured out? Do they exactly know what lane some of this is going to go into, into a future specification? I would say that's premature, but we definitely have learned a lot. We know now, based on some of the early feedback we've gotten from MnDOT, that we could do a better job of cleaning herd out of the fiber to make it easier to unroll and other issues with particles floating away. 
we can do that. We've learned something about uh, hemp fiber length and maybe what we're shooting for. So we can target that better at the processing plant. Those are things that can be managed. I think there's definitely a lot that was learned. There's some fine tuning that needs to be done, but in every aspect that I can think of, this is very successful and it's going in the right direction. Ken, anything to add to that? Or from MnDOT's perspective, do you think it was a successful project? From our perspective, it was definitely a success. Among the stated goals were produce some prototypes of erosion control products using hemp. And that's that's the visible result. But really what's way more important than the actual prototype is just what we've been able to learn from trying. They have produced a handful of prototypes, but also probably more importantly, more exciting for us is the, um, the progress they've made with yarn. We weren't able to turn that into actual erosion control products yet. The possibility that that will become an option in the future, that's really important. Probably the biggest element of success for us has been the involvement and the interest it's generated in the erosion control industry. Like I said originally, we've been trying to phase out plastic, which means looking for more natural fiber materials. And we just weren't seeing buy-in from the industry. But at that field day, we were able to see the erosion control manufacturers talking to the hemp processors and hemp growers, making those connections. Probably most importantly, seeing the erosion control manufacturers see their competitors see what we're doing and what's possible and that we're serious about it. I think that's created a sense of competition among those manufacturers. So now I'm hopeful they're going to be doing some of their own R&D to try to move this forward and figure out how they can be the first ones or the leaders in using hemp and other natural fibers in their products. And then as long as those products can meet specifications, as long as we can write specifications that can allow those products and still meet our needs, everything will come together. And Harold, as you know, at AURI, whenever there's a new product or a process, the economics of that work always come into play. What did we learn from the field day? Can it be produced? Can it be cost competitive? I think we have to wait a little bit to make our final statements on that. But I will say this. In Minnesota right now, we are working with four projects at the processing level to get new infrastructure built in the state that will actually produce fibers for end uses like what we're talking about right now. And this is very, very important because this will set the stage for stability for the hemp industry, stability for the end users who want to use this, and then processors know that there's a local source. Logistics today in importing jute and coconut and all the rest of the things into our country is expensive proposition. And if we can raise these things here in our own ecosystem, that's an environmental benefit, that's an economical benefit. But those things need to be calculated carefully and performance matters. And certainly, like I said earlier, we will be monitoring the net return to the grower because if that net return fits into the pocket, then we have a eureka moment and then it can move through the rest of the value chain. So Ken, what are some next steps that you'd like to see happen or expect to see happen? Before I get into that, I just want to comment on something Harold said regarding domestically produced materials for our erosion control blanket. All of the netting is jute, comes from overseas. And every handful of months, we get a little scare from the manufacturers saying, oh, we don't have enough netting. It's, it's stuck on a container ship somewhere. And they've told me before that one of the reasons they're interested in hemp is just to cut out that complication. 
I don't know how the price has to compare for them to opt for that reliability over the inexpensive jute they're currently getting, but they have an interest in it just for that reason. And then we, of course, are interested in local production for environmental reasons and, you know, just promoting our own local economy too. And certainly anything we're making domestically and producing domestically strengthens that supply chain. Yeah, absolutely. So next steps through the lens of the Department of Transportation, what do you think needs to happen next? In terms of this project, we need to coordinate testing of those prototypes, the lab testing, just to see how they compare to our standards for what we can learn about the prototypes that way. Help out with that final report, more outreach on this project and our plastic phase out in general. One thing we really want to see, we're really hopeful for next in terms of the industry overall is more progress on yarn using hemp so that we can make netting and textile for our erosion control blanket, the netting for the blanket, textile for our filter logs and for silt fence. We always knew going into into it that yarn and the fabric would be the hardest to get done. It turns out we didn't, but it sounds like we have made some progress. And that's something we'd really like to see is to be able to get all of those products together so that we can really phase out those single-use plastic products that we use on our projects. As all of this comes together, we at MnDOT need to be updating our specs first to allow or encourage natural materials in our products and then to require them eventually. As we work to get there, we can help with research, make our projects available for demonstrations and field trials of new products, and just keep that conversation going with the industry. And Harold, you may have similar thoughts, but what do you think still needs to be learned here? I agree with Ken on the yarn side of things. We did do, and I didn't mention it earlier, but we did do some testing on the yarn with a Minnesota manufacturer, and we started with 25% hemp, went to 50, and then went to 75, and we were successful all the way up to 75% hemp with a wool blend. So yes, we've made some progress there, but number one is there's some infrastructure needs as it relates to yarn manufacturing that we're going to have to study harder so that we can get the rolls of yarn that the industry would need. And I'm pretty confident from what we've learned there that 75% blend of hemp seems to be doable, but what the other ingredient will be is, is yet to be determined. So we have to look at that. But as we look at next steps, I think these ASTM standards and all of that's important. We need to continue to look at the progress of the trials that have been put out way out till next spring. We want to work with new hemp processing facilities and product manufacturers to get them connected and samples for testing and prototype development as they look at these things. And like I say, we are building infrastructure in the state of Minnesota right now. We have a facility going up in Kimball, Minnesota, north of the city there. So this is a testimony already that industry is responding. They're already building facilities and they're getting ready to take hemp to the next level of value add and then into the marketplace. So lots of work to do, lots of listening to do. We have to listen in order to understand that end user's needs and make the necessary adjustments in processing and who knows, maybe even at the farm level with a variety change if, if it needs to happen. But I'm confident that we're going to get there. The nation of, of Canada had hemp fiber erosion control mats before we did. And so there's a lot we can learn and there's a lot that we can bring to the table. And hopefully we'll have some good products that will meet the needs of, in this case, MnDOT, but all of the other applications that could be promising. And one more thing, I was very excited to know, and Ken, you really helped with introducing us to the manufacturers of these hemp mats here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. We went out to Rice Lake. We looked at their facility and their research farm. 
all very valuable in, in the learning process to understand the needs. Harold, I know you've been keeping your finger on the pulse of hemp and hemp development for the last five years. I've got you on the program. I need to ask you, what else is happening with hemp these days? I'll just tell you what I maybe can talk about, some things we can't talk about because of our confidentiality that we have. But I told you about the Kimball Project infrastructure coming up there. That's going to be fiber processing, herd processing, as well as food, oil, and food protein at that facility. In about 14 days, I'll be heading to the Netherlands to look at a facility there that is interested potentially in an investment here in Minnesota to bring a state-of-the-art class facility to our region. So we've been working in West Central Minnesota to set the stage for that with people down in that area, and we had a field day on that as well, so that's good. We're looking at hempcrete panels for building construction right now, hemp insulation that's coming. And then there's a couple of projects that I I would say are really, really very intriguing that are coming. And one other thing is we're we're going to be having a meeting with the USDA Agricultural Research Service where we're going to hopefully get a memorandum of agreement going so that we can use some of their cotton labs in New Orleans so that we can accelerate the testing that we need. And I'm going to have a lot of the folks on the line with me so that we can build the momentum and get that done. And that's going to be very, very helpful to take a crop that's still in its early stages and get it to where it needs to be so that it can be accepted in many, many markets, including the automotive market. Well, we want to bring this conversation. It's been everything I had expected. It was fun to hear about the project and what we've learned, what we hope to learn in the future. And I'm going to give both of you an opportunity to give us some final thoughts about your organization, your department, the project itself. Ken, what do you want to leave our listeners with today? This project, it might have been relatively small in the grand scheme of the hemp industry and the erosion control industry, but $200,000 in the scheme of those industries, which we spend millions on it. But even with that small size, it's going to have a major impact on all of those sectors because it showed what's possible and it's shown that we're invested in it. I think that's going to make an impact. And Harold, how do you want to leave it today? I think AURI is is incredibly interested in advancing this hemp sector, especially fiber hemp that would be appropriate to this application that we're involved in right now. So from a value add perspective, hemp has a lot of innovative aspects to it that can bring new product development to the marketplace that can solve problems. And solving problems is one of the things that brings a lot of joy to innovators. So we want to be there for them and assist them. And we love working with our collaborators, such as MnDOT and the Department of Ag and everyone who's, who's been with us and helping us, making sure that we're on the right track. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Harold. Dan, it's good to hear your voice. Lisa, thanks. Ken, great job. Thanks for including me. We've been visiting today with Kenneth Gravy from the Minnesota Department of Transportation and Harold Stanislavski from AURI, recently collaborating on a project together. I want to thank them for joining us today, and I want to thank you for listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I also want to thank my podcast crew of one, Lisa Martinez, communications coordinator and editor of this production. To learn more about AURI, visit auri.org.